You're listening to Perfectly Scarred. This is the place where we are sharing our scars through various stories and testimonies. The mission of Perfectly Scarred is to encourage you to know that your scars matter and it is important to share with others so that they too can walk in freedom. So let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Scarred. But I have Miss Alicia Weir with us today. Um, And Miss Alicia, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am from Palmyra, Missouri, which is a small town, Northeast Missouri. And um, I have been going, I came to the Lord about nine years ago. I also, let's see, I kind of wear... I'm a jack of all trades. I feel like I wear many hats. I do hair part-time. I um, work at my church. I teach English as a second language. And I also substitute teach right now. And I am a mother of a 17-year-old son. Oh, I'm busy. (laughs) And he's very handsome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The reason why I, I chose Miss Alicia to come onto my podcast is because in this episode, we're going to be talking about domestic abuse and um, just uh, words from a survivor and the importance of um, healing from traumatic experience, such as emotional and physical abuse in relationships, and why we need to heal from that and why we need to search. Um, and seek out God in those situations. Um, And so Alicia, she posted, she made a post on Facebook. And, uh, and so I just reached out to her and I was like, can you come on my podcast? And she accepted. So here we are, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. But before we get started talking about this topic, um, I want to put a disclaimer that this could be triggering for some. Um, So please, Listen with caution. If this is too much for you, please get off, take a break, but also come back um, because the Lord has something for you. Um, And I know that God is going to do something through this podcast today in this episode. And I want you to, 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 if you got to take a break, take a break, Um, but return and, and, and just seek the Lord and, and, and get the healing that you need. So um, with that, Miss Alicia, can you just share how you came to the Lord? Yes, I actually came to the Lord about nine years ago. Um, and I, at this time, I was 25 years old. I'm 34 now. And I was searching for something, not even realizing I was searching or what I was searching for. But I had lived in this like lifestyle of working throughout the week and going and partying on the weekend has my sense of relief, you know? And, um, I was searching for something to drown out the past hurts in my life. And, um, I remember, I mean, I didn't have a drug of choice. I didn't really do, I just partied. I drank, I, you know, did the occasional smoke weed. I would take, you know, some prescription medicine, whenever it was given to me. And it was at the time, um, I didn't realize I had become 
um, dependent on something that was given to me that would just get me through, like, (laughs) as funny as it sounds, just get me through like the week on a day on my day off to like clean my house. I got addicted to a prescription medicine. And so, um, I remember I couldn't get it anymore. And during this time, my sister and I, I have two sisters, my oldest sister, and I would always talk about the Lord. And she was married to, um, I'd say, I don't know if maybe he grew up in church, Mm -hmm. but he got away from God in his teen years. And um, my sister started dating him when she was 16. So she was always so interested in going to a Pentecostal church. And she would come and tell me, you know, all of the stories about this church. And we were all into like the supernatural and I'd be all ears listening to like, whoa, you know. And um, in this time of my life, you know, we were talking about, we want to start going to church. We want to go together, you know. And my relationships with my, just my friends, you know, they started moving away at 24, you know, you summer at college. And, um, I remember I couldn't get this anymore. And I cried out to God on my way to work on a Saturday Mm -hmm. and I cried out, not even knowing what I was crying out for. I was like, God, give me the same high. And that next day, my sister was invited to a revival at our church. Mm-hmm. And that morning she went to church. I didn't even know she had gone. But afterwards she called me and she's like, Alicia, I got baptized. And I was like, wait, you didn't wait for me. You know, <laughs> and I was kind of mad at her, but then I was like, no, I'm coming, you know, and that night they had a service. And just then it was just a one night revival that ended up being all week long. And it was there, I was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And my life has never been the same. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, that high I was looking for to get me through everyday life, you know? So. That's amazing. And I I love that because we all are searching for something, everybody, every, you know, People around yes. us are searching for something and we have it right here. And, yes. you know, it, it. it's just, it's amazing what God can do and satisfy for us because we all come from a, a, a difficult background and we're all searching for that love or that, you know, that high and um, whatever it is, the Lord can satisfy it. It's amazing. It's just- he can. Yeah. And so we don't even know what it is we're looking for, you know, but he has, all it's all in him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so that's amazing. Um, that came with you coming into the church, you having the history that you had, what were some of the difficulties um, that you had to work through as far as with uh, coming out of a, of abusive relationship? What was one of the things um, of my past, let's see, it's like, you know, when I came to God, I was a whole new person, you know, and I actually just purchased a picture that depicts something that God, or a healing process, you know, and it's um, like, God takes this bandaid mm-hmm. completely off, you know, and allows 
your wounds to be exposed. Yeah. And he gently, he's such a gentleman, mm-hmm. gently, you know, walks you through healing processes. And I didn't realize, you know, the different wounds that I had been carrying that I had been drowning out for so long. Mm-hmm. And I say so long, you know, which I was only 24. How can you be, you know, have so many hurts, but through life, you just don't even realize the things you cling to, to mm-hmm. cover up the pain that you're in. And, um, that's what, let's see, I've been living for God for nine years now, and it hasn't been till like recently. And what's amazing is that you reached out to me about this because it wasn't till recently. I have felt like I have been healed, but mm-hmm. God is wanting to heal deeper wounds that I didn't even realize were there. Mm-hmm. And that's taken, you know, nine years to walk through. Yeah. It is. It's something I always say it's intentionality. And I think, you know, the last, uh, not the last podcast, but the podcast that I have with Sister Rosalind, we talked about um, how we have to be intentional when we do come into church because we are a new creature, but we also have that, the residue from the things that we went, the things that we have done. And because there are consequences and we're still dealing with that stuff, you know, we are a new creature, but we still have the wounds and we still have to deal with them and we have to be intentional about it. And a lot of people, they convert to Jesus, they convert to Christ, but they don't, and that's it. You know, they take on that, but they don't deal with what's underneath. Um, And that's the whole purpose of perfectly scarred. That's the whole purpose of this season is to, you know, address some of that stuff. And so, um, so with that, in this conversation with domestic abuse, can you share a little bit about, you know, your experience when it came to being in an abusive relationship? Yeah. So I was young when I got into this relationship and that's why I feel like it's so important when you're young, you know, who you date. And I was 16 at the time. And, um, I ended up liking this boy and getting connected with him at parties. And um, I ended up getting pregnant and had to make some life changing decisions that I was hoping things would work out with us being together. But, you know, as teenagers, you're just in that teenage mind frame of wanting to not have responsibilities, you know, so I started to get mad and at the time I was internalizing these emotions and I shut them off when I become hurt, you know, and I would turn them that hurt towards other people, you know, and anger. And I was angry towards his parents and he wasn't wanting to be involved in this relationship. And, um, I was hoping to change them, you know, and it was, um, the first year of our relationship, you know, was rocky. It fell apart and we ended up breaking ties and not talking. Mm -hmm. So after that year had gone by, it was like, um, I had begotten, I had turned my hurt towards his parents and taking it out on him. 
and holding them responsible for his actions. And I was angry, you know, that he didn't want to help out. But after that year had passed, he had um, contacted me, you know, and I tried to set aside my hurt and give him the benefit of the doubt. And we tried to make things work then. Mm -hmm. So at what point did it become abusive? Like what point was he, which it sounds like in the beginning, it just, it's not, it was a, just a not healthy situation. You know, you have teens that really don't know what, you know, they teenagers let hear me out. You you know yourself, (laughs) but you, but we have teenagers now that sex is all around us relationships about them, but that we don't talk about how to be in healthy relationships. We don't talk about how right. to friendship in friendships. We don't know. We don't talk about boundaries. We don't. We don't have these discussions as parents and youth leaders, and which need to be more frequent than they are in the church, rather than outside of it, because the world is teaching our children how to be in relationships. And so, what that's you so true. see, that's what it is. And so now you're you're in this situation. And you have this baby and with the person that seems to is unstable, you're unstable. And, you know, what, at what point was it that it just got toxic? So um, at this time, let's see, I am a junior in high school and um, I had, when I had my son, but I had graduated at this time and that year had passed and he had contacted me and um, we tried to make things work. So when he tried, when he contacted me, contacted me and got back with me, um, he was in a lot of trouble at the time. Wow. He was in and out of trouble for drugs. Um, and he had lived in, like we live where I live. It's right on the border of Illinois. Mm-hmm. So Illinois is just 15, 20 minute drive. Okay. So, um, he had lived over there and, um, ended up living with and starting a new family. He already had a new girlfriend and she was pregnant at the time. So I just, he kind of, it was like a manipulative situation that I was in. Um, so we tried to make things work. So I would take my son over there to him, you know, as another way of him wanting to be involved. You know, I was happy that he was wanting to be back into our lives, you know, and um, he had started to become, since I was taking him over there, you know, we kind of had old feelings come back to with both of us, you know, I was taking my son over there. He was, you know, asked kind of more like wanting to know what was going on in my life. And I kind of seemed like that was him caring. Mm-hmm. So y'all were back and forth. And yes, we were in a, <laughs> in a cycle, basically. Y'all yes, were- we were. So he had contacted me after this year had passed to see our son and we met up, you know, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And that is when, like, 
whenever I would take my son over there, that's whenever old feelings came back. Like I wanted him to be involved in my son's life, you know, and my parents at this time didn't want us to be together. I understand that now, you know, he's not relationship material, Mm -hmm. but I really wanted him to be what I was really holding on to was him to be in my son's life. Yeah. That I was willing to try anything, you know, and him living with this other girl, I really didn't care, you know, and he started um, wanting to be involved in my life again. And so um, he somehow manipulated the situation where he began to date us both at the same time. Looking back on it, I can see it clearly. But at the time, I was just like, oh, my gosh, he wanted to be back with me, you know, and he would tell me that he couldn't leave her because they had a child together and he had to take care of their child, too. So in the midst, you know, I would take my son over there and he would have a child on the way, you know, so I allowed this myself to be manipulated into this situation and believe him, you know, because he was feeding me with lies and I was believing him. Right. So um, it started out with emotional abuse. Yeah. And um He would lie to me, you know, about where he was and what he was doing. And um, I would hold on to this fake image of who we would be, you know, as a family and that I could fix him. You know, if I could just get him away from his girlfriend, you know, and we could be a family of our own, Mm -hmm. you know, and throughout this relationship, he would, um, paint her in a perfect image to me. And then in that time, like I would feel like something's wrong with me. Like, what am I, why am I this way? Why can't I be just happy that he's with me and that he's taking this time to be with me, you know, and that he's wanting to be involved in my son's life because we had already gone through that year of him, not even talking to me or being involved, you know? So I didn't want to be, blamed for pushing him away. Okay. And so, um, I was like, why couldn't I just drop all of this jealousy, you know? And in between, you know, him coming back and forth to our two houses, he would tell me, you know, he's on his way and never show up. And so, I would realize later on after this whole thing went down that he was doing the same thing to her. Yeah. So it was emotional. Yeah. Abuse at first. And most relationships. And and if you are with someone who's abusive, it's, it's most, it starts as emotional. And I have to ask you a question. Wow. Sure. What do you believe the reason why, why do you believe that you attracted or this person? Like, what was it? Have you, and, and you may have not had that revelation yet. I don't know, but why do you think so many people, they attract these type of individuals? Like, what is it? What can it be inside of them? That is 
wanting you to not let go of them. Mm-hmm. Well, somehow I really thought like he was really cute. Mm-hmm. I looked at his image, you know, what he looked like. I didn't care about how he treated. I just looked, cared about what he, his looks. Mm-hmm. And as teenagers, you know, you go after that one that looks, you know, and is cool in your grade and, you know, all about that. And then you leave all of these other things, you know, as you were going to fix them. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I thought. That's, that's what we do. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we have this thing in our mind. Of, yes. We have this image in our mind of, oh, well, if he, the potential of him. And yeah. I learned a long time ago, do not date potential. Like, <laughs> potential, it. yeah. It's not good. You got to date reality. The reality, reality, yes. The reality is that he was not a good person. The reality right. is that he was a liar. The reality is that he was a cheater. <laughs> and he yeah. had remorse. And, yeah. and as long as we continue to try to fix this person, well, they're going to continue to be that person. It became physical. Let's see. I would, I started to, I mean, he, as he was, you know, emotionally abusive to me, mm-hmm. he would call me leech because I cared where he was. It was like, leave me alone. You are like obsessive sort of, you know, when really he would tell me, Hey, I'm on my way. And I would call him and he'd be like, wouldn't, he wouldn't answer you know, and I'd call and I'd call and I'd call, you know, and, um, when he would finally show up, I would question him, you know, he would just, and I would literally poke at him. Yeah. And it was like, I was poking until he blew up, you know, and it was like, um, he was just like a ticking time bomb. And I was just ready to continue to poke him until he exploded. And that's exactly what I did, you know, and then I became the victim. And at this time I would talk to my sisters. I have two sisters. I think I've already said that, but one of them, I would run to my sister and talk to her, or I'd talk with my work friends and share all the bad things, you know, what he would do, because I thought I was through with them, you know, and I would reach out to her for help. And she would tell me things I would want to hear and then things would cool down. And then it was time because at this time I was taking my son to him at this time, I'd have to take my son to him again, you know, so I'd have to see him again. I was not like let off the hook. I, we constantly, you know, he was watching my son as I went to work and, um, things would cool down and it, we'd talk again Mm -hmm. and I would be convinced somehow it was me that started it. Like you were the one that made me do it. You know, why are, why are you so jealous? Why do you do that? Like push me to that point. And a somehow twisted it to make it seem like I was the one that flipped out and pushed him too far. And he reacted out of anger and that I would paint him in a bad image to all those around me. And therefore it would 
isolate me from these people I would talk to because I would go back and I'd believe like it was, it really was me, Mm. you know? And, um, I would get so angry at him, you know, because he was constantly comparing me to this other girl and all the good things that she had done. You know, it began to get physical when like he would leave, like, all right, fine. I'm leaving. Like he was really going to leave, but I believed like he was leaving and I would try to stop him. Like, no, you're not going to leave. Or, um, so we could talk because I wanted to talk before things, you know, before he left and I'd never see him again, you know, and he'd push me out of the way. So it'd first be like a push, nothing too big, you know? And, um, then he would threaten me, you know, with, I'll never see my son again. Yeah. And then, um, he threatened me that he would cut up all my furniture if I acted this way again, you know? And, um, I would just live in this constant fear of what was going to happen Yeah, because he would constantly threaten me at this point, you know, and I would go back to, you know, being jealous. Like, why don't you come? Cause he's still going back and forth in this relationship, you know? So, um, the last time I reached out to my sister, her and her husband came over, you know, and he had pulled out a kitchen knife and the cops got called. And I just don't remember that how no charges were pressed, but I think it was because I'm like, no, I don't want anything done Mm -hmm. because I was made to believe I was the one that, you know, was poking Mm -hmm. at him and caused the big fight. And we were just constantly like in that cycle of fighting like that. Yeah. So can you speak on that a little more, like as far as um, women or men who think that it's their fault and that the reason why they, you know, uh, don't reach out and, and ask for help or seek help because they believe that they're, that's, it's their fault. Yeah. So, um, it seems like real, I mean, in the reality of it, we're in a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're both fired up and nothing in that situation is ever going to be resolved because you're always going to point the finger at somebody else. When in reality, I mean, you point the finger at, they did it, but when, all comes down to it. If the cops were involved, you're like, Nope, it's me. So they can be out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. It's just, it's one of the things that a lot of, when you said that I thought it was my fault and that's what a lot of people, they internalize it. The thing that's happening to them, you internalize it because of what, like, we all the and I get it because you could be the fireball he could be the fire like every it's not a good situation and that's that uh, a lot of people are in they're in toxic relationships but they are also toxic you know I see women that are toxic and I see men that and they come together Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just a boom 
But when they stay or for the women that they're not, and it's like, why is this, why is this happening to me? Why? And they stay and they feel like Mm -hmm. it's their fault and they don't speak out. They don't say anything. And, um, so I just wanted to kind of go in depth a little bit more about that because a, a lot of people, they stay in situations based off the fact that they think it's their fault. And so can you talk about the reason why you stayed? I stayed in this. Okay. So I forgot to mention he had a warrant out for his arrest in a different state in Missouri. So his name could never be mentioned whenever, you know, the cops were involved. So I didn't want myself to get the blame of him being caught. Mm -hmm. So I stayed for the fact that I wanted to stay in this relationship so my son could have a father, you know, in his life. And I also stayed because I was in fear, too, because I thought he was going to take off with my son and I'd never see him again. Mm-hmm. That is really why I stayed in the relationship. Um, the final straw this of our relationship that took a toll on my life was when I was ready to get out. Mm-hmm. At this time, he was on the run because he had a warrant out for his arrest. So he was involved in drugs. And so he couldn't be around them. So I always knew like I couldn't at this time I was, you know, I smoked weed. And so I didn't want him to be around, you know, that. So we had lived blocks away from each other. Mm -hmm. And at this time in my life, I just wanted to be happy. So he'd been trying to be clean. And um, I vowed not to smoke around him because that would make him want a cave. So it was a night where his girlfriend was at work. She worked nights at this time. So he was at home with his girls and stayed there. So I knew that we, there was no way he would come up to see me. And um, I was smoking. And then this is when I heard a knock at the door. And this is when it got really scary in my life, you know? So, um, it was him, you know, and I was a panic because, you know, obviously he would know what I was doing and he had somehow kicked in my door and because I wouldn't answer. And when he came in, he realized what was going on. And I tried to blame it on my sister and I called her and she was like, and I'm sure the you know, the phone call was like, what in the world's going on? Cause I'm like, why would you come over here and do that and leave and get me in trouble? You know? And she's probably thinking like, what in the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is going on. So I wasn't making any sense to her. And after I got off the phone, he literally had beaten me with that pipe that I was smoking with and smothered me with a pillow till I couldn't breathe. And I was in like, fighting for my life mode, kicking the floor and hoping my neighbor underneath would hear me. And there was a knock at the door, I remember, and it was the police. And he went and hid and I answered the door and it was my sister and the police. And they questioned me and I had told them a lie and they somehow believed it. 
and there was nothing they could do because I didn't, there wasn't proof. I mean, my door should have been proof, but there wasn't proof. I wasn't speaking, you know, what was going on. Mm -hmm. I had covered it up and because I was afraid of being the one to blame for him being caught, you know, so I didn't want that to come back on me. So after that, you know, we stayed together. My relationship with my family was like, they was torn apart. You know, I stopped talking to them. I isolated myself and I was just in this, I, I was miserable and I was in this mindset. Like if I'm going to be miserable, I'm going to try, if I'm going to be miserable with him, I'm going to try and make myself happy. You know, if he's going to be, cause he was at the point of still coming around and, you know, like we were back and forth, but this time we were, you know, we were toxic stuck together more or less, you know? So I had planned to go to a concert with him and we went to this concert and I was just like ready to have my own fun. And I weaved myself away from him and weaved myself up to the front. And at this concert, there were mosh pits that happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, after the concert had ended, I got shoved down and I just thought, you know, it was this, everybody was rushing out of the concert. You know, I thought the crowd pushed me down, but I had realized like security guards had picked me up and were like, ma'am, you're bleeding. And in the background, I see him saying, tell him who I am. Tell him I know you. And it was at that moment, they pulled me in for questioning and him in a different room. And it was like, I told him who he was. I wasn't afraid at this time where they had told me he came in and was starting to tell him like, he gave me somebody else's social security number and all of this, but you, who you're telling me he's got warrants out for his arrest. And we see that this is not who he's saying he is. So at that time, like they arrested him. I didn't want to press charges. Um, my nose was obviously broken, but I didn't want to press charges because I didn't want myself to be blamed, you know? Mm -hmm. So as I was driving home, this was in St. Louis. And as I was driving home, he had called me on the phone and was like, what happened? I blacked out. And it was in that moment. I didn't even live for God at this time, Mm -hmm. but it was in that moment. I hung up the phone, like after he said that, and it was like, I knew God had delivered me. Mm. It was like, I was free. I was Mm. free from this relationship. I was free from all of the blame. I was free from it. And I remember going back and talking like his friends obviously knew something happened. And I got to go back and tell them, you know, like, they seen me and tell him what was happening. But what's crazy, I look back and see like back in the emotional abuse he put on, you know, he put me through. I see that like his, he would do it in front of his friends and his friends wouldn't speak up. And this is what I put in my post that you had read. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see somebody speaking down to somebody, speak up. You know, that other person is quiet for a reason. They they don't want a reaction out of it. But if you were to speak, they're hoping somebody would speak up to put them in their place. 
And I was hoping for somebody to speak up and nobody ever would. Right. So through that, you, you were able to leave him, you know? Yes. And that, so I wanted to, cause you said something, I want you, can you speak to that person that may be in the isolated place where you had been and away from your family and how important it is to have their family with them? Yes. I remember my family, like just really trying to get me out. You know, my dad, I'm so thankful for him. Um, I remember him, he used to come over and like would just sit at my apartment, not for me to see, but I had seen like, like, oh my gosh, he's watching me, leave me alone. You know, when in reality, they knew what was best for me. You know, and I just wish that I didn't isolate them as much as I was open with them. It was like a part of me was sorry that I was so open with them. Mm -hmm. But really, it's so important that you keep those lines of communication because they really cared about me. Mm -hmm. And when I was isolated, I was so lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's kind of like, and what one thing that the the victim does is take on as a protector and they want to protect this person and whatever the reason is. And, you know, and the reason could be whatever you, I think, you know, yours was just because that, that was the father of your child, you know? Um, and some people you're trying to protect this image, even right. even in ministry, you know, we want to protect the, there are first ladies or um, ministers' wives that are protecting their husbands based off their image. They don't want them to look bad. They don't want this and they don't want that. So they'll do it out of, a, uh, of just trying to protect them, but they also are asking people can to speak up on their behalf. And um so I think that this is important because so many times the the person, the abuser can isolate a person so much and they keep them to themselves. And then it's just like, and that's, and that's the worst place to be. And when our family is reaching out to us, asking us questions, we get defensive. We like, why? Yes. What you want to know? Why? Why? And it's like, well, your family cares about you. So anyway, yes, they do. Anyone who is listening that I don't know what situation that you may be in. I don't know what brought you here, but I'm saying that your family cares about you. Your family is not you. Your family loves you and they want the best for you. And you got to decide what do you want to say to that person that may be experiencing this and that feels trapped in their situation? To don't look for the relationship to get better. If you're not seeking help, mm-hmm. if you're both not seeking help, you have to get better yourself and you can't fix anybody else. And that's what I learned. I tried to fix the other person. And when in reality, only God can fix them. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, so as much as you try to stay and fix them, it's almost as if you're damaging your more damaging yourself more. 
try to we try to fix everybody. I don't know. I know. Well, I look back on the relationship. This was only a span of four years, but the emotional wounds have taken 14 years to overcome, you know, and heal from. So it's very important that to, you have to recognize that you don't have to stay to think it's going to get better. Yeah. You yeah. know, get out and get better yourself. You know, God can do the fixing and the, the, do what he does best. And that's <laughs> right. It in the hands of God. And I say, and, and for those who are married, I say that there's a period of separation. Um, I don't preach divorce, but because that ain't my, you know, that's not my expertise. Go, go to your pastor, <laughs> go that's to your right. local pastor or go to the bishop or seek help. And, and, but, um, but I do believe that there needs to be a separation. There's a period of separation. And then what you do from there, that is uh, the wisdom of your pastor or your bishop or, Absolutely. Uh, and then, and then a therapist maybe, um, but that so that that's the Lord's wisdom. People ask, I can't give marriage advice because I've never been married. So you're right. It's so important to go to your pastor. Mm-hmm. On the healing part of this, how are you healing? Like, what have you done um, in order to really? be intentional about your healing as far as with uh, your experiences. Okay. So it wasn't until the Lord told me, you know, it was, I can't remember if it was right in that first year of coming to the Lord. Um, he had told me he had impressed in me in prayer to pray for, um, this man and, I was like, uh-uh, I'm not praying for him. I'm going to pray everything bad happened to him, you know, at this point. And that's how I, I had always thought I had forgiven him, but I really hadn't, right. you know, and the Lord showed me that. And I started praying for him and it was like a total switch went off. It was like, I had become compassionate towards him. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, I almost felt sorry for him. Yeah. You know, because this man was running from the police. He's had past hurts and it's so true. Hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I was, it was like, God showed me he was a hurting person. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I had learned that how important healing is, especially in future relationships because you'll carry those hurts into new relationships. And I've been single for, gosh, a long, quite a while. I don't even want to count how long, but. <laughs> is, I, on, I, I got a question. Is that on purpose? It is. Because I, I mean, you're beautiful, so I know. Well, <laughs> thank I, you. I'm just saying, like, I, 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 I'm just saying, like. It is, because. I actually had prayed for God to give me contentment mm -hmm. and that's when people will like, they don't understand it. Yeah. And it's because it's God and it's because I didn't want to go into a relationship carrying these because I knew I wasn't healed and I knew that I would, I, I was, you know, carrying all of these hurts into them and um, they would always 
not be godly. This was before I lived for God. And um, I just knew I didn't want to bring all these boyfriends, you know, in and out of my son's life. So I prayed for God to give me contentment. Oh, wait. And hold on. Hold on. I'm going to stop you yes. right here. Because I want you to explain the importance. Because you just said something. You said, I'm not, I don't, I didn't want to bring uh, all these different men into, in and out my son's life. Why was that important to you? Because I grew up in a home that had a mom and dad and we had a normal relationship. I got to see how loving they were with each other. And I didn't want my son to be surrounded by so much brokenness because he had in that time, God has given me men that have filled in those roles, I guess, like his grandparents his yeah. grandpas have been such good role models to my dad, you know, and given godly men that are good to my son, you know, and, um, but it was so important because I didn't want him to see that. Yeah. And I wanted him to, to see a, what a real relationship was. Mm, that's good. And it's just not healthy. It's not. Mm-hmm. You have to take on the responsibility of raising your child and that should be I didn't want to have all of this pain to heal from later you know and that was another thing you know as my son I raised my son I didn't want to paint his dad in this bad image because it's still his dad Mm -hmm. you know so I never talked bad about him or anything like that to him so I um have had contentment to since and I'll be honest with me with you the Lord's been dealing with me because I will get defensive <laughs> when people are like why aren't you dating someone I'm like because you know you could be single it's okay to be single you know I get defensive in that and I almost bite people's head off and I don't mean to but I'm I'm passionate about making sure your relationship with the Lord is right first. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, man, I need your contentment. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord can give it to you. I am, I am extra content because it's, (laughs) especially when you're, when you're trying to, when you're intentional about healing, because one thing, and I was telling somebody this today, I said, the next relationship that I'm in, I'm praying to be my last relationship that I'm in. Yes. And which will lead to marriage. And I want to be the best version of me in that. And I have to do that now. And I can't do that entertaining different people who different guys who are not it. And and I and you know it. You know that. Like you know this this person is this person need to go back where you where you found them from you know yeah and 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 people do that they just jump from relationship to relationship without really doing the inner healing and without taking the time to now ain't nobody saying you got to be single for years that is her preference I just wanted to make that <laughs> I know I say that too you know it it doesn't have to be you don't have to be single forever <clears throat> but and I, if no, the Lord, 
And if the Lord has that in store, you know, I want to be open to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally saying I'm single forever yeah. because I, there are times in my life where, you know, I'll feel a void, you know, and I'll pray. Like there are times where like, Lord, I just want, I want to see this in a man, you know, I want this, him to fulfill me in this way, you know, and in that void of, um, those different things I get to pray for. Yeah. So not saying I'm perfect by any means. Because we not probably <laughs> what pushes them away. Yeah. But honestly, it gives you that opportunity to really examine yourself. Yeah. And be the best version yeah. that you want to be in a relationship Definitely. when it comes. Definitely. Because it's I mean, just you saying, I'm taking the time. I want my child to be, I think I I want my son to be out the house. Like I want him to be grown before I start. And that's important because it It allows your son to say, well, my mom focused on me all these years. Now she gets to, um, now it's okay for her to experience dating or marriage or whatever, because you did take that time. And so, hey, I'm for it. I'm for it. (laughs) I know. Honestly, you know, I'm in that last year of my son's, he's a senior this year. And looking back, like, I'm so thankful. Mm -hmm. As long as that has been, I'm so thankful. Because we've been able to be close. Yes. So can you, in, in the, this, this has been a great conversation. Can you speak to those, the parents of children who believe that they need to save the relationship for their children? Okay. So trying to save a relationship for your children, um, if it's not going to get better, it's not going to get better. You have to come to pull your emotions and look at the truth behind the matter. Yep. So. The reality. Yeah, you really do have to look at the reality. Um, do you have any last words to someone who may be in this type of situation or coming out of or just haven't really dug deep and tried to heal? I do. You know, I remember even before like being in this situation and I didn't even realize the times that I was crying out, you know, and those emotional moments when I was isolated and by myself, that the Lord still heard me Mm. and still was making a way. So he hears you and he knows right where you're at and you can talk to him and be honest with him. And he's going to make a way for you. And it's so important to seek that healing because that might, I mean, he's a healer. He's a provider. He's been a provider. You know, I've been worried about not having somebody to help provide for me, but God has been a provider through and through for me. So all of those fears that you may have, God will come through. Yeah. He's our source. He, had, he's he is. The source that has all the resources and, you know, the thing that we, we, we worry about losing um, that individual, but we also gain so much 
when we lose we do we we gain a we gain peace yes safety <laughs> protection yes. like you said uh he's a provider he's our refuge um that's why it's so important that we have a relationship with him yeah um but miss alicia this has been awesome and i appreciate you coming on and and speaking and telling your story i know it wasn't um i I do appreciate it well thank you for having me because i know speaking about it has helped me through the healing process so it's just another step so thank you for having me oh you're welcome ma'am you gotta join me again when i start talking about relationships (laughs) closer to um uh you know love day because that's <laughs> that's going to be my theme next year. <laughs> We're going to talk about relationships and singleness and, and boundaries and all the things. <laughs> so you're going to join me again um, so we can talk about contentment because yes. you're real content. <laughs> God's been good to me. Well, thank you again, Miss Alicia. Wasn't that episode just amazing? Yes, it was. Do me a favor. Go ahead and share and like this episode. Subscribe. Do whatever you need to do and just tell someone about it because you do not know what that would do for someone else. So please share, subscribe, and I will talk to you guys soon.